It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, everyone? Bill Rossetti back with you guys here. It is game day already. It is Thursday night. It is week two of the NFL season. The Panthers are getting set to play under the bright lights of Thursday night football tonight in a big NFC South battle as they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How you guys doing? Hope everyone has been having a good week. Um, sorry for missing some time earlier in the week. I was, as, as I said earlier in the week, I just felt like so out of it. Uh, I, Honestly, I don't even know like what kind of came over me. Um, I, I know I was dealing with a toothache Sunday, and then uh, it just kind of snowballed a little bit into Monday. Uh, sleep wasn't all that great, and then I was warm, and then I was chilly, and then I was chilly some more, and then sweating again the next day. Like it, it was a it was a weird stretch for me. And, you know, I, I hope it ha- doesn't have anything to do with the tooth. But uh, as, as the week went on, I did get better. You know, I've been taking some Tylenol. So I, I do feel really good now. I, I feel a lot better. And, you know, with football coming, it's always a, always a good time to, to feel good. So I'm glad to be uh, back in action, back, uh, back ready to go, especially, especially today now that, uh, now that we have some football. So we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit. Uh, I think we're going to try to do some catch-up, though, too. I think we're actually going to, because we didn't actually get to talk about the Week 1 game. So I think we'll kind of make this both a review and a preview of sorts. We'll kind of go back and talk about the Rams and then go ahead and talk about the uh, the Week 2 battle tonight as we get set for... Uh, as we get set for tonight's game. So as we go back to week number one against the Los Angeles Rams, uh, tough loss to, uh, to say the least, very tough loss. The Panthers lost 30 to 27 to the Rams and uh, definitely some miscues that happened, especially very early in the game. I think obviously one of the biggest killers, you know, it was, it was very early in the game, but, Turned out to be pretty costly, and that was the fumble early in the game, uh, first drive, I believe it was, by DJ Moore. So a very disappointing start, and then, of course, uh, Joey Sly had that missed field goal in in the first half. So uh, not the best of starts in the, in the regular season for him. But, you know, overall, the, the Panthers kind of did what I thought they needed to do in terms of, you know, they they were able to hold the Rams at times. They got into a little bit of a shootout, which I figured they had the offense to kind of keep it close. But uh, you know, just some some missed opportunities and um, you know penalties and and whatnot. A lot of uh, just a lot of bad luck, really. And you know, you have to you have to talk about Cam Newton, unfortunately, and the fact that he wasn't the greatest. Uh, he, he wasn't bad by any means, but you can definitely tell he was rusty. And, 
you know, he didn't throw a touchdown pass, and he, he did throw an interception. So it was wasn't the most memorable of games, to say the least, for Cam Newton. So you know, the 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 nice thing about having the short week here is uh, it's a quick turnaround, and you can get right back on the field and uh, erase the memories of week one and get right back at it. But it was not the greatest of games for Cam Newton, and that certainly led to the Panthers not being as efficient as they ended up needing to be uh, to win this game. They obviously kept it close. You know, it was cl- close for a little bit. Um, I mean, the big, the biggest, uh, the biggest margin of, uh, or the biggest point margin, I think, was only 13. The Rams at one point were up 13 nothing, and then coming out of the second half, they were up 16-3. But the, the Rams never really ran away with it. The Panthers, you know, held tough. And, you know, so to be able to hold their own to an extent uh, with, with the Rams is encouraging. But it's also disappointing because, again, I, I thought this was a big opportunity for the Panthers. Um, they, they had their opportunities to win this game. They had their opportunities to really take control of this game. And they and they really couldn't. And like I've been saying all off season on this show, this was the statement game for the Carolina Panthers to have the defending NFC champions come to your home in Week One, and they they let it slip away. So now they're going to be chasing a little bit, especially now that uh, the the Saints were the only team to win among the four. NFC South teams, and you know we'll kind of touch on that a little later as as we kind of do a bit of a a division wrap around from Sunday. But um, so it's it's it wasn't the worst scenario in the world that the, the New Orleans was the only team to win, but uh, still they they had their opportunities. They they could have beat one of the best teams in the league, and they missed out. And we've talked so often on this show that this team it is very important that they get off to a fast start because as we know this schedule only gets difficult. We we've talked many times now about that second half of the schedule that starts we'll, we'll start it in week 10 which which is effectively the second half because that's uh that's game number 9. That's when they play Green Bay and then of course you have Atlanta, you play Atlanta twice, you play New Orleans twice. You have the Seahawks, you have the Colts. It's a, it's a tough stretch. They've got to start off fast, and so that that starts tonight. They've got to they've got to get to one and one, and we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. But obviously, it wasn't all bad for Carolina. Uh, of course, it starts with Christian McCaffrey. He just continues continues to show he's one of the best, and he's already. He's already killing it for fantasy owners who went out and grabbed him. He carried 19 times against the Rams for 128 yards. So he almost outgained, or outrushed, I should say, Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown combined. Uh, Gurley and Brown combined for 150 yards on 25 carries, and McCaffrey ran for 128. So, uh... Not too much more. McCaffrey would have outgained Gurley and Brown combined, but uh, that was certainly another factor that led to the Panthers losing this game. They had a tough time stopping the run, 
especially Gurley throughout the game, and then Brown as you got deeper into the red zone. So that that's got to pick up, and it, it doesn't get uh, too much easier. You know, obviously they're not playing a duo as strong as Gurley and Brown, but we've seen we saw Ronald Jones run the ball well against San Francisco and, you know, Peyton Barber, we know is a pretty good running back as well. So there's still some pretty good running backs that they got to take care of tonight. So that run defense has to come down. And that's always been a sticking point with this Carolina team is that rush. It seems like they're always getting gashed up the middle against the run. So it's really important that they continue to establish the run, which they have, and they stop the run on defense. But, you know, getting back to, to where I was, so McCaffrey, 128 yards, two touchdowns, and then 10 catches for 81 yards. That actually also led all receivers. So Christian McCaffrey was the leading rusher and leading receiver on both teams in this game because the leading receiver for the Rams was Robert Woods, who had 70 yards on eight catches. So an impressive day, as they seemingly all are, for Christian McCaffrey. And then DJ Moore, despite the fumble, had a pretty decent stat line. Seven catches, 76 yards. He was targeted 10 times. So not a bad day for him overall. But again, that fumble was pretty brutal to start the season. You, you obviously never want to. And that was a trend we kind of saw, because I actually wrote a piece over Pro Football Network that kind of touched on a lot of the errors, a lot of the, the mistakes, the bad luck that went into the three NFC South teams that lost on Sunday. And a common theme between all three, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Buccaneers, was that turnovers were killer, especially very early in the game. Because if you guys saw the Falcons game and the Buccaneers game, both of those teams went three and out in their opening drive and they actually both had their block or they both had their punts blocked. The Vikings turned that punt that blocked punt into a touchdown. The 49ers turned it into a field goal. And of course, both those teams went on to win the game because then the errors uh, continued to roll for both teams. Of course, Jameis threw three interceptions. Matt Ryan uh, was sacked a few times and they had a couple turnovers. So, it was a rough go, and we almost saw, of course, the NFC South go 0-4 if, uh, if Drew Brees didn't have that magical drive late in the game against the Texans. But turnovers were really key, and again, it was no different in Carolina because of DJ Moore very early in the game. Uh, so, like I said, you, you never want to start a game because then it already, already puts you behind the eight ball. Um, but, you know, credit the Panthers for, for fighting hard. I really liked what I saw to the defense, though. I, I thought there were opportunities. Again, yes, they were rough against the run, but there were moments where the defense really stepped up, namely James Bradbury. I mean, this was a guy we talked about for so long as a guy that needs to step up. Because he didn't have the greatest season in 2018. And I him getting that interception on Sunday absolutely has to be a confidence builder. 
And so hopefully he can, you know, continue to build that momentum. You know, he had uh, four tackles also in the game, as well as a sack. So an impressive opener for James Bradbury. So again, hopefully he can continue to uh, to build this momentum and keep it going into tonight and through the rest of the season. Uh, Shaq Thompson and Trey Boston actually led the team with nine tackles, uh, seven seven solo, and especially good for Trey Boston. Uh, he obviously was slow coming out of the gate in the preseason, but on the one hand, too, you also kind of expected that because he just signed in the beginning of August. It's, it's obviously going to take some time for him to get used to everything. He was, you know, out of action for a while. So it's nice that he kind of uh, built himself back up and uh, has – or at least early on, has started to become one of the leaders in the tackling department. Uh, Luke Keekley did have eight tackles, uh, four tackles and four assisted tackles. So he's certainly up there as as uh, as he's going to continue to be. But um, you know, unfortunately, they didn't get to Jared Goff enough. I mean, Bradbury sack was the only sack that they had of Jared Goff. So that's. That's got to improve. They did hurry him a little bit. You know, Brian Burns. Brian Burns, for his first game as a rookie, played very well, absolutely. But the pressure's got to get there. There, There's no doubt. The off- and they have to keep the pressure off of Cam Newton. That's another reason why they lost this game. Cam Newton was sacked three times, you know. And for the most part, they killed a lot of drives. So... Offensive line has to do a much better job. And granted, they're going up against the Rams defense, and we know the Rams defense is absolutely incredible. But still, the 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 improvements have to be made along the offensive line. Hopefully now a game here against Tampa Bay, who is certainly not as strong on defense, especially in the pass rush. Uh hopefully that'll uh that'll improve or that'll help boost the confidence of the offensive line as well. Really, the next couple of games, you're looking at teams that uh, aren't the strongest outside of, of course, a couple players. Because, I mean, Arizona, obviously, you've got Chandler Jones, who's a dynamic player. But other than that, they're not not the strongest uh, up front. So, you know, hopefully this will give them some confidence before they get into that Week 4 game or really that two-game stretch in weeks four and five against the Texans and the Jaguars. So, you know, big opportunity here to kind of get that ball rolling. But, yeah, that, those, those sacks definitely definitely have to be cut down. But, again, overall, there were definitely some positives to take away. Um, again, continuing the fact that they are continuing to establish the run is impressive. The fact that... Um, you know, DJ Moore, as we expected, would be very involved in the offense with 10 targets. Now, Curtis Samuel was only targeted four times in this game. He did catch three of those passes for 32 yards. Really, the the offense was, or the passing offense was McCaffrey, Moore, and Olsen. Case in point, Newton threw the ball 35 times. McCaffrey, Moore, and Olsen were targeted on... 30 of those passes. McCaffrey had 11 targets. Moore had 10. Olsen had 9. 
Not that that's a bad strategy, but it would be nice to see Curtis Samuel uh, get involved a little bit more. You know, we especially with you know we've seen his deep route running. We, we've seen just how how much more comfortable he's getting in this offense. So I'd like I'd like to see a little more involvement out of Samuel. And then he had one target each for Jarius Wright, Chris Hogan. And Ian Thomas Wright caught his target for 14 yards, while Hogan and Thomas uh, did not catch their targets. Uh, so just a little more, a uh, little more diversity. You can't obviously that's not a sustain, sustainable strategy to have just three players dom, uh, eat up all the targets on this offense when you have guys like Curtis Samuel, when you have a guy like Jairus Wright that can move the ball on third down, even a guy like Chris Hogan that can do the same thing, just maybe at a, a lesser rate than Jairus Wright. So I, I just like to see them kind of spread the ball a little bit more going forward. Um, but, I mean, in the end, it, it was a tough battle, but they, they just came up short. So the Rams win it 30-27, to so they're now 1-0. And, of course, the Rams now set for... What a lot of people are touting as the most anticipated game of the NFL season. And, of course, one of the most anticipated rematches we've seen in some time. As this week is the uh, NFC Championship game rematch against the Saints. But we'll touch on that a little bit tomorrow when we do the My Bookie picks. Tonight, of course, it is all about the Panthers. It is game day. They are set to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we will do that in a minute but before we do that uh, we'll take a quick break and come back of course shout out to a couple of our sponsors and then we will touch on game day just want to remind you guys that today's locked on panthers is brought to you by doordash are you having a long day at work or are you still stuck in the office we'll open the doordash app choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. So, again, that's the DoorDash app, promo code Locked On. Get $5 off an order of $15 or more. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Locked on Panthers is also brought to you today by Vivid Seats, our old friends who now have Vivid Seats Rewards, which can help you get discounts on tickets anywhere, sporting events, concerts, 
wherever the case may be. Hey, I'm going to a concert next week, which will actually be number five for me. Uh, so anytime I can save a little bit of money when buying concert tickets, uh, I'm certainly all over that. But our friends at Vivid Seats, they're the online ticket event marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. And you can see your favorite teams, favorite artists, whatever, in person and get credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app with their new Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more, all through the Vivid Seats app. And like I said, that's that'd be great for someone like me. I'm always going to, to country concerts. Uh, I've seen Luke Bryan a couple times. I'm going to see Jason Aldean next week. Uh, so any, anytime I can save money on shows like these, it's always a, a, a great time. Uh, so who, who doesn't love seeing live music at a, at a great price? And you could do that with Vivid Seats with their loyalty rewards program. All you got to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. That's V-I-V-I-D Seats, S-E-A-T-S. And you are automatically enrolled in the rewards loyalty program, and you will immediately start getting credits on all your purchases. And all Vivid Seats orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So, listen up. Again, promo code KICKOFF, that's K-I-C-K-O-F-F, KICKOFF, at the Vivid Seats app, can get you a discount of up to $100. That's that's a lot of money, and hey, you could, you could use that hundred dollars for uh, for my bookie if you if you so choose, and you can almost get that money back. You can almost go to the concert for free if things work out. But in any event, uh, kickoff at the checkout at the Vivid Seats app gets you a discount of up to one hundred dollars. So again, go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, get in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, and start enjoying your purchases and your credits today with Vivid Seats. So with that, now we will jump forward to Thursday Night Football. And of course, we did get the crossover episode up uh, yesterday, actually recorded it on Tuesday and talked about it, or got it up on Wednesday. So if you guys haven't checked that out, go listen to it. It's myself and James Yarko of Locked On Buccaneers. And of course, uh, go check their episodes out this week uh, to get a bit more of an in-depth look at uh, at the Buccaneers. We kind of touched on, uh, you know, what, what they did a little bit in week one, some players we liked. You know, I mentioned James Bradbury. Uh, James mentioned uh, Ronald Jones as a guy, and we, I just mentioned him earlier in the show. Uh, Ronald Jones is a guy, we asked each other, you know, what were some pleasant surprises. And Ronald Jones was a good pick. I actually brought up Vernon Hargreaves, too, because um, like Bradbury, Hargreaves had a big interception on Sunday that uh, that really seemed to spark his confidence as well, I think. Because as we know, Hargreaves kind of seemed to be, you know out of the mix a little bit. It seems like he was kind of falling out of favor. Um, you know, it certainly didn't help a couple of years ago when they drafted two cornerbacks in the second round and MJ Stewart and Carlton Davis. But uh, you, you could tell Hargreaves has been working hard and has 
uh, has earned his spot back on the field. So he's going to be he's going to be someone the Panthers have to deal with. And you know Carlton Davis isn't a bad player himself. So there there's there's some good players. There's some good athletes on this Buccaneers defense. So I think the Panthers definitely have to be ready, especially uh, these receivers, uh, namely Moore and Samuel, because these are probably going to be the guys that they're going to be up going up against. But the Buccaneers do have a really young secondary. I mean, again, Hargreaves, you know, only, only in his fourth year, Carlton Davis, Carlton Davis and uh, MJ Stewart. Again, those two guys they took in the second round in 2018. You've got a rookie in Jamel Dean, uh, third round pick. He's there in the mix. Uh, their second round pick this year, Sean Murphy Bunting, who got some work in against the 49ers. And you've got a young secondary. You've got Jordan Whitehead, who's only a second year, uh, fourth round pick in 2018. And then rookie Mike Edwards out of Kentucky, the third round pick. So this is a really, really young Buccaneers secondary. So we'll see now, because obviously there hasn't been a lot of uh, national exposure for this Buccaneers team and a lot of national exposure uh, for a lot of these young players. So it's really going to be interesting to see how these players adapt to playing under the bright lights of Thursday night in the NFL and you know having a guy like Cam Newton coming at them, having receivers like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel come at them. So that that's going to be an intriguing matchup, I think, to watch. Are these Panthers receivers against that Buccaneers uh, uh, secondary? And then, of course, you know, the rookie sensation, Devin White. He, uh, But in, in talking to James, it, it seemed like there were some people that kind of felt he disappeared. But overall, it sounded like Devin White had himself a solid game. And then the, the Panthers offensive line, I uh, certainly have to certainly have to account for Indomitian Sue. You have to account for uh, Vita Vea, William Golston, uh, Bo Allen. Uh, Carl Nassib. So there's there's some guys on here on this uh, this this Buccaneers defense, but uh, can they can they be more consistent? Uh, and can the Panthers step up and kind of hold these guys on the opposite side of the ball? Though, I mean, look, I really am not too concerned right now about the Buccaneers offense as a whole, and that's because. Of Jameis Winston. I mean, we saw the game on Sunday against the 49ers, and Jameis Winston was not good. He was not good at all. Uh, I mean, look, he had the two pick sixes. The second one, the first one wasn't as bad, but the second one was horrendous. Uh, you know, scrambling out of pressure. And he just seemed to just chuck the ball up for, or, or just toss the ball for no apparent reason. And it landed right in the hands of Akilah Witherspoon, who took it all the way in for a touchdown. And it basically killed any hope of, uh, of the, the, uh, the Buccaneers winning that game. So if the Panthers can force Jameis Winston, because again, it just seems like if you can force him to scramble, if, if you can get him under pressure, if you can get him flustered, you can get 
to Jameis Winston. You can get inside his head, as the 49ers definitely did on Sunday. And the Panthers most certainly can do that with their defensive line. So that's going to be the big key. If the, if the Panthers can do that successfully, and I think they can, if, if they can do that uh, well enough and enough times, I really don't think the Panthers have a problem in this game. I, I, I honestly, I think I said on, on the crossover, I predicted a score of like 31 to 20. You know, I, and maybe that could be because of a garbage touchdown late for, for the Buccaneers. I. Like I said, I really don't see how how the Buccaneers are close. I mean, it's it's a division battle. It's always you know a tough game, of course, and we only have one game to go with, so we don't want to be too too overreacting, obviously. But it just doesn't to me. It just doesn't feel like right now the Buccaneers are gonna be all that tight with the Panthers in this game. As as long as the Panthers do what they need to do. You know, and that defense just rolls like they have been. There's really no reason why the Panthers should lose this game. Now, obviously, the big thing with that, too, is Cam Newton has to play better. You know, hopefully some of that rust will come off. And like I said, at least it's a short week. He can he has a quick opportunity to get rid of some of the rough starts for uh, that came from week one. He can turn right around here in week two, but he has to play better. There, there's no doubt he absolutely need, needs to play better tonight. And uh, if, if he does and they and they continue to run the ball as, as effectively as, as they have been, like I said, I, I just think this offense, you know, the, quarter, the quarterback situation is better, the running back situation is better. A lot of, a lot of the pieces of offense on the Panthers – are better than the Buccaneers on offense. They're, obviously, the, the Buccaneers have the edge at a wide receiver. I would absolutely take the trio of of uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Brashad Perryman over. And as much as I love these guys, I think a lot of people would agree that those three are better than DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Jarius Wright. So, but other than that. I'd take Cam over Jameis. Cam over Jameis. I'd take McCaffrey over. I'll probably take just Cam or just McCaffrey over both uh, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. And I think I would take the Panthers' offensive line over the over the Bucks' offensive line. Although the Bucks' offensive line, the interior isn't too bad, but uh, right tackle. DeMar Dotson has struggled a bit. In fact, he, he actually hurt the Buccaneers with a couple of penalties that would have been touchdowns to, to uh, Cameron Brait. So that, that's got that's to gotta improve. But if there is one spot on the offensive line that the Panthers can really get to Jameis Winston, it's by beating DeMar Dotson. But... Yeah, I think the Panthers look pretty darn good with uh, with their chances today, and so hopefully, hopefully they can roll, and hopefully we'll finally be talking about a win on tomorrow's episode because it does kind of suck, uh, you know, especially for you fans that we haven't gotten to talk about a lot of wins lately. I mean. 
what, this is now, dating back to last season, this is now eight out of nine games that the Panthers lost. That's not good. Something's got to change. Something's got to turn around, and hopefully it starts tonight. Uh, but that's kind of a... Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The quick rundown, I think, of tonight's game. Uh, we'll take another break. Uh, thank a couple more of our sponsors. And then I want to touch on the rest of the NFC South, how they did on Sunday, and what we are looking forward to this coming Sunday with the rest of the NFC South. But before we do that, of course, want to take a moment to thank our buddies over at bluechew.com where you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. bluechew.com, that's blue like the color blue, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as, the, as a pill, so you can be ready to go whenever that opportunity arises. So, remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can even help you with your follow-through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They are made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now we've got a special deal for you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5.00. In shipping again, that's B L U E C H E W dot com promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So, as we kind of wrap it up here on the podcast, we'll take a quick wrap around the NFC South from week number one, and as we touched on earlier in the show we talked about a lot of the miscues with the other nfc south teams uh the buccaneers like i said three and out on their first drive had a punt blocked and then those those three interceptions that uh that the buccaneers threw penalties really killed them in the red zone 
And then, of course, uh, two of those interceptions were for pick sixes as the Buccaneers lost to the 49ers 31-17. Heading into tonight's game with the Carolina Panthers. The Falcons, they were a mess on Sunday. Uh, like I said, the, the Buccaneers had some rough goes, but the Falcons just looked even worse. The, the Buccaneers at least only allowed a field goal after the blocked punt from the opening drive. The Falcons gave up a touchdown. In fact, the Falcons had three turnovers in the in week one against the Vikings. All three of them were turned into touchdowns by the by the Vikings. They also had, I believe, a fourth down stop. Or they, they had a, another another miscue as well that also turned into a touchdown. Uh, effectively, there were four huge mistakes by the Falcons that all turned into touchdowns for the Vikings, and that ultimately was the difference. I mean, the Vikings were up 14-0 halfway through the first quarter. Like It, it just felt so quick, and you, you just felt like the Falcons, just when it felt like they were in it, or they were starting to get the offense clicking, something happened, and things just fell apart for completely fell apart for them and the Vikings wound up winning that game 28 to 12. Uh, so now, now they got to face the Eagles on Sunday night who had that big rally against the Redskins, despite the emotional and incredible touchdown by Vernon Davis. If, if you guys saw it, it was just an amazing hurdle over defenders. And then we saw he was very emotional after the touchdown because as we found out, he had lost his grandfather the day before and his grandfather was actually the father figure of Vernon Davis. Uh, but the Eagles did win that game and now that's who the Falcons are playing on Sunday night. And then the Saints, what a wild finish that was on Monday Night Football. After the Saints give up a touchdown to the Texans, Drew Brees drives the field very late in the game, leads the Saints uh, to a long field goal attempt, and Will Lutz buries it through. And the Saints wound up winning the game 30-28. to And it's like we said, the, the Saints wound up as the only, uh, the only team to win in Week 1 in the NFC South. Uh, quick rundown, two of the rest of the scores throughout week one. So, of course, as we know, Green Bay won the opener on Thursday night, 10-3 over the Bears. Uh, Tennessee crushed Cleveland 43-13. That was one of, of course, the more shocking results just because of the fact that of all the hype we were given the Browns, all offseason, how everybody's talking them up, and they're going to be great, this, that, and the other. And they, and we're talking up their offense and how it's going to be explosive. You have Odell, you have Jarvis, and they put up a whopping 13 points. Baker Mayfield was 25 of 38, 285 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, but Lan Beckham and Landry did lead the, the team in receiving, as expected. Beckham... Seven catches, 71 yards. Landry, four catches, 67 yards. But it was David Njoku who had the touchdown. At least Njoku starting to build back up. But rough go uh, 
But it was a big win for Tennessee, too. They were a team that had a lot of questions coming in and certainly a lot of a lot of wonders about the the offense, namely Marcus Mariota. Well, he throws for 248 yards and three touchdowns, and Derrick Henry had 84 yards and a touchdown. So an impressive opener for the Titans. Kansas City over Jacksonville, 40-26. to uh, But the big headlines out of that game were Tyreek Hill, of course, had uh, his injury. And then Nick Foles, of course, suffered a broken clavicle. And so he will be out quite a while. In fact, I think they've already placed him on injury reserve. But again, uh, Ty- they're even saying the injury to Tyreek Hill is uh, a pretty rare one. It's a sternoclavicular joint injury, and he'll be expected to miss four to six weeks. Uh, So at least not as bad as we could have thought. But again, uh, four to six weeks for him, and then the broken clavicle for Nick Foles. But in the end, it's the Chiefs. Their offense just picking up. Right where they left off, 378 yards, three touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP. Baltimore, 59. Miami, 10. Listen, we knew it was going to be bad for Miami. We that That's just all there is to it. We knew it was going to be bad. I didn't think it'd be this bad. I didn't think for as... as much as we expected Miami to just absolutely tank and just be cruising to the number one pick in the draft in 2020, I still wouldn't have thought they'd lose by seven touchdowns in week one. I mean, that that's actually pretty impressive. To lose at home by 49 points is just, you know, you, you don't, you have a lot of week one overreactions, obviously, but this isn't an overreaction. The, the result of this game really isn't an overreaction. Miami's bad. They're going to be bad. And they very well will have the number one pick in the 2020 draft. And they very well will have either Tua Tungovailoa or Justin Herbert uh, as their starting quarterback next season. Oh, and by, by the way, I found it funny that... Josh Rosen came in, and he threw an interception on his first pass. So, um, yeah, things are not looking good down in uh, South Beach. Uh, Buffalo beats the Jets 17-16. So, close battle there in the AFC East, but it's the Bills coming away with the win. And actually, as I'm recording this, I actually got the news about Sam Darnold and the Jets. Uh, Adam Gaze actually just announced that Sam Darnold has mononucleosis. And will be out for Monday night against the Browns. It will actually be it will actually be Trevor Simeon now as the starting quarterback, and Luke Falk will be the backup. So uh, if you're you know if you're keeping track, or say you are in a deep league, maybe you had Darnold somehow as, your, as a fantasy player. If, if you're in a deep league. Just keep that in mind, but and then just for a, a football stance, that's uh, that's the big story right now with the Jets. Trevor Simeon, for the time being, is the starting quarterback of the Jets. As Sam Darnold will be out with mono. 
First overtime, or one of the first overtime games happened in Los Angeles as the Chargers beat the Colts 30-24. to So, um, not too bad without Melvin Gordon there for the Chargers, huh? Um, and we kind of expected it. We knew Austin Eckler was a good runner, and it turned out he got 12 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown. And Justin Jackson had six carries for 57 yards. Big day receiving for... Uh, Keenan Allen, eight carries, 123 in the touchdown. And, oh, by the way, Austin Eckler had six catches, 96 yards, and two touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, that leverage that Melvin Gordon thought he had is slowly dripping away because of how good. And, and we, we knew this last year. We knew Austin Eckler was pretty good. So the, the, that's why the Chargers really weren't in a hurry to to throw money at Melvin Gordon because they knew they'd be just fine with Eckler and Justin Jackson. And, you know, we wondered how the Colts were going to be without Andrew Luck. People were worried they were going to dip down. Well, J Jacoby Brissett wasn't bad. 21-27, uh, buck 90, two touchdowns. Marlon Mack, 25 carries, a buck 74, and one touchdown. So I think the Colts are going to be okay. And I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think the Colts are going to be just fine. They just ran into a... A really good team on the road against the Chargers. And, of course, I think by the time the Panthers see the Colts in Week 16, I think the Colts will have settled in quite nicely with their offense. Uh, Seattle squeaks by Cincinnati 21-20. to And you could argue Cincinnati was the better team that day. Uh, I actually watched this game yesterday. Cincinnati actually did not look bad. That, that defense... Swarmed Russell Wilson a little bit. They they actually had a drive where they actually they actually had a drive where they had two sacks on the first two plays of the game. Or I, I don't know why I, why I said first two plays of the game. First two plays of the drive. I think this was like in the third quarter or something. But they had back to back sacks. Uh, I I think I think Carlos Dunlap had the first, and then I know Sam Hubbard. Had the second. So they actually, in fact, Hubbard had two sacks. They actually got to Russell Wilson four times in that game. But penalties killed them. Uh, just a lot a lot of miscues again with the Bengals, as it always seems. Because in fact, Russell Wilson, he, he only threw for a buck ninety-six. They uh they really weren't they really didn't have that much offensively. In fact, the, the Bengals outgained them, you know, outgained them by about 200 yards. They had 429 total net yards, and the Seahawks had 233. Andy Dalton threw for 418 and two touchdowns. John Ross had seven catches for a buck 58 and two touchdowns, and the Bengals lost by one point. So. Yeah, that's a tough way for Zach Taylor to open his coaching career with a really gut-punching loss by one point at Seattle. But listen, I, I was impressed by the Bengals. I, re I really was, and I think they have a shot to beat the 49ers on Sunday. Then we get to Arizona. Oh, boy. What a what a weird game this was. Detroit 27, Arizona 
27. For the second year in a row, which I believe this is the, I think I saw, I think someone told me this is the first time this has ever happened, that we've had back-to-back seasons with a tie in week one. Last year, of course, it was the Steelers and the Browns. This year, it's the Lions and the Cardinals. For the Cardinals, it kind of feels like a win because Kyler Murray was just fantastic in the fourth quarter. I think it was like 14 to 17 for like something like a buck 50 and a touchdown. And they rallied down 24 to 6 to tie the game. And then they both had field goals. The Cardinals actually had a shot to win late in overtime, but Tremaine Brock dropped an interception. Uh, so it kind of feels like a win for the Cardinals, although I'll, I'll always find it funny now that Cliff Kingsbury's first game as head coach will go down as a tie. But it absolutely feels like a loss for the Lions. Uh, This should have been their game. There's no question about it. An 18-point lead in the fourth quarter. That's a three-possession game. And they couldn't hold it. Yes, they had the timeout on what would have been a first down, but I'm not worried about that. I care about the fact that with a defensive head coach, remember, in Matt Patricia, you blew an 18-point lead. That's why I really feel that his seat is really warming up. It would not surprise me if this, and in fact, I was looking, I was actually talking to someone just yesterday about the lines and we were looking at their schedule. It does not get any easier. Their next three games are against the Chargers, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. And then they have their bye week. And then, oh, by the way, then they play the Packers and the Vikings coming out of their bye. They could conceivably be winless after their first six games. Yeah, I think Matt Patricia's job is in major jeopardy. Uh, but so first tie of the season, maybe it's maybe it's the last. We'll see. I don't know. Last year, of course, we had one in week two between the Packers and the Vikings. Cowboys were all over the Giants, 35-17 as Jason Witten scores in his first game back after his um experiment, we'll say, on Monday Night Football. And then we talked about the Buccaneers losing to the 49ers. Sunday Night Football, oh my goodness gracious, what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers? We knew the the Patriots would be fired up, you know, being banner, Banner Night, but my goodness, I did not expect them to beat the Steelers by 30 points and for the Steelers to only put up a field goal all night. I don't know what happened. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, 27-47, 276 in the touchdown. James Conner, 10 carries, 21 yards, and he had four catches for 44 yards. Not the strongest start for James Conner. Now, Juju at least caught six passes, 78 yards. But no one else really stepped up. James Washington did have two catches for 51 yards, but he also had a couple drops. Uh, Outside of Juju, this receiving unit really didn't look all that strong. And then, of course, could not get the running game going at all. I mean, they combined for a whopping 32 yards on the ground. Uh, Roethlisberger had seven, and Jalen Samuels had four. So that, that's got to change, and at least they're home this week, but they play the Seahawks, and we know the Seahawks' defense can strike at any time. But the Patriots, boy, they were swarming. They looked good 
and their receivers looked good. Especially, how about and how about the game Philip Dorsett had? What a breakthrough for him! Ninety-five yards on two catches, or excuse me, four catches and two touchdowns. Edelman six for eighty-three. Gordon three for seventy-three in a touch. Uh, James White five catches, fifty-six yards. Rex Burkhead five catches, forty-one yards. And then, oh by the way, of course. You have, well, maybe Antonio Brown coming on Sunday because we know now the story involved there that broke yesterday. Won't get into it now. He he did practice Wednesday. We'll see what his status will be for Sunday. But even still, this this team, it's the Patriots. That's all we have to say. It's the Patriots. The more things change around the league, and I think Schefter's, had a caption of something like this when talking about Brady. The more things change around the league, the more some things stay the same. And, and of course, that would be Mr. Brady. And then the Monday night doubleheader, we talked about the Saints beating the Texans 30-28. to And then the Raiders. Raiders actually got the win for all the mess that the Raiders just went through this offseason. They rallied and they beat the Broncos. 24 to 16 as Derek Carr goes 22 of 26, 259 yards and a touchdown. Very impressive rookie debut for Josh Jacobs. He carries 23 times for 85 yards and scores two touchdowns. Tyrell Williams, and I'm a little disappointed now that I didn't start him in the Scott Fish ball because I had him on my bench and I should have figured. Well, Antonio Brown's gone. Tyrell's going to be the number one starter. Should have put him in there. I would have won my matchup. Now I'm 0-1. Oh, well. But Tyrell Williams, six catches, 105 in the touch. And then Darren Waller, seven catches, 70 yards. And real quick, just what a story uh, Darren Waller was. You know, I, I kind of caught a glimpse of his story uh, actually on Instagram. This was a guy that... Had a lot of trouble with drugs, was suspended, you know, we just had a rough go at the early start of his of his NFL career and kind of bounced around. But he's gotten himself clean. He's uh he's worked hard, and now he's here as the starting tight end of the Raiders. And again, a, a really good stat line. You know, he didn't find the end zone, but nonetheless, still a good stat line for him. In week one, seven catches, 70 yards. So uh, excited to see how he continues to build. Uh, but that's the week one schedule. And then we'll talk, of course, about week two tomorrow when we do the my bookie picks. But for now, week two starts tonight. Again, my prediction, Panthers 31, Buccaneers 20. That's my line. I'm sticking to it. And uh, hopefully we're finally talking about a win when we reconvene tomorrow. So with that, I will stop yapping. I've been doing this for long enough, and if you're still with me, I really appreciate you sticking around for what's going to be close to an hour. Um, but it was nice to play a little catch-up. This is effectively two episodes, though, for you guys, if you think about it, because we got to catch up from week one, and now we got to talk a little bit about week two. So I'm glad you guys are here. And glad we're back at it. And again, hopefully tomorrow we'll have uh, some more fun by actually talking about a win. Because uh, I really don't want to keep, I really don't like talking about losses all this time. It's not fun. 
I, I want to go back to the first half of last season when the Panthers were 6-2 and two and just rolling high and, and everything is just feeling great. Let's get back to that. Uh, so hopefully it starts tonight. And, um, and just enjoy the game. Remember, of course, it's on NFL Network tonight, uh, 8-20, Thursday night. So we'll get uh, – and I believe it's still Joe Buck. I think they still have Buck and Aikman, if, I'm trying, if I remember correctly – I think Buck and Aikman still do the the NFL games, even or the NFL Network games, even though they're not yet on Fox. That won't be, of course, until uh, week week four when the Packers and the Eagles being up. But I believe I believe I'm actually looking up the maps now. Um, which actually makes sense because this is usually my tradition on Friday when uh when we do this so uh but Thursday night okay now I don't think they have they don't say it but it, it just says Thursday night Tampa Bay at Carolina NFL Network I'm trying to remember the early games from last season but I'm I'm pretty sure because I, I think I remember I was it last year I believe when the, when the Bengals played the Ravens I think it was. I think it was last year when the Bengals played the Ravens when A.J. Green had those three touchdowns in the first half. And I'm pretty sure it was Joe Buck who uh, – Joe Buck and Troy Aikman who called that game. So if you're a fan of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, then, uh, then you'll be happy. You'll get to see uh, your buddies. Yeah, last season, week two, Thursday night, it was, it was Ravens-Bucks. And it was, or not Ravens Bucks, Ravens Bengals, and it had the, uh, it had the Fox graphics, it had Joe Buck. It just wasn't on Fox yet. Uh, so if you're a fan of Joe Buck, congratulations. If you're not, well, you could always mute the game and listen to the radio station if you want to, because it will be on WBT 11:10 a.m. You could also stream the game on Yahoo Sports if you so choose as well. But um, that that's it. That'll that'll wrap it up for this uh, long-winded game day edition of Locked On Panthers. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti, R I C C E T T E. Follow the podcast wherever you listen, and enjoy the game. Be safe. Do whatever you're doing. Have fun, and we will reconvene tomorrow to recap everything and look ahead to the rest of the week two action with our my bookie Fridays until next time. Keep it locked here on locked on Panthers. I'm your boy, Bill Rossetti. We'll see you next time. And until then, take care my friends. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.